BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A conference championship football Friday. Live right here on the early line on SportsGrid and all across the SportsGrid network. That includes SportsGrid.com slash watch, where you can find your favorite destination and consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. He is Donnie Wrightside, and it is a conference championship football Friday. For the next three hours, up until 11 a.m. Eastern time, only two days away from conference championship Sunday, we get you set for both the AFC title game in Baltimore. It's the Ravens and the Chiefs. In the NFC Championship game in Santa Clara, it's the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. The NFL's Final Four, Donnie right side, looking for two spots in Super Bowl 58 in Viva Las Vegas. Feels like we've been talking about these two football games for two weeks. Now, funny that once we start Monday morning, we will talk about one football game for two yeah. weeks. But we got an unbelievable Sunday afternoon to watch. First game up there mid-afternoon at 3 o'clock. Next game up at 6.30. I can't wait for these games to finally get underway because I'm tired of talking about them. It's time to win some money, Ben, on these games. A little bit of line movement as well, specifically for that NFC title matchup between Detroit and San Fran that we will break down over these three hours. Every angle, what is at stake, the narratives that enter joined with the numbers and the individuals that will impact the outcome. That's the NFL's Final Four. But for the 28 other clubs around the National Football League, firmly into the offseason they go. And that coaching carousel has been spinning all week long. An interesting development out of the ATL. The Falcons have found a new head coach, and his name is not Bill Belichick. We welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to this conference championship football Friday, live on the early line on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well. He is Donnie Right Side. I am Ben Stevens. The Atlanta Falcons, Donnie. Hiring Raheem Morris, the Los Angeles Rams defensive coordinator the past three NFL seasons. But really the interesting thing here, Donnie, is we all expected Bill Belichick to end up as the head coach of the Dirty Birds. Raheem Morris now named the new head coach in Atlanta. I'm absolutely shocked by this. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But if look, it's not that Raheem Morris isn't a good coach. But if we're saying, all right, let's hire a defensive coach here in the building for Atlanta, which desperately needs a new quarterback and somebody to mentor and hopefully get a great offensive coordinator and mind in there, you went with Raheem Morris over the single greatest defensive mind in the history of professional sports in Bill Belichick. That's the head scratcher there for me, Ben. He was already in Atlanta. And he was let go a couple of years ago. Raheem Morris has been an NFL head coach for four seasons. Three with Tampa Bay with the Atlanta Falcons as well. When you look at Raheem Morris, only one winning season. In fact, not just one winning season. Only one year, Donnie, as a head coach with more than four victories. His overall record, 21 and 38 that's a win percentage of 0.356 another nfc south team has named their new head man in the organization and this one quite stunning as well in charlotte the carolina panthers tapped dave canales who was the offensive coordinator for the tampa bay buccaneers this past season his only year as a non-position coach in the national football league dave canales the new head coach in carolina He will be tasked with resurrecting the early career of the number one overall pick in 2023, Bryce Young. 
Then I'm going to take a deep breath on this one. Hey, I like an offensive mind being hired, but we had the 18th best offense in the NFL, now has a head coaching job in Carolina. This was one of the deepest draft pools, or should I say head coaching pools, that we've had in years. And you came away with Dave Canales. I'm, I'm flustered over here. I am this morning, Ben. He spent 13 seasons in Seattle under the tutelage of Pete Carroll. Eight as the wide receivers coach, four as the QB coach, and an offensive assistant as well. Last year was his first year in the National Football League in Tampa calling plays, organizing an offensive scheme. It is ironic that Dave Tepper, after letting go of Baker Mayfield a season ago, looked at the guy that resurrected Baker Mayfield's career and said, yep. That's our guy that made our bad quarterback good to be the new head coach. Again, his wagon is hitched. Dave Canales, whether he likes it or not, to the number one overall pick in 2023, Bryce Young, who had a disappointing rookie season, to say the least. Plenty more coming on this conference championship football Friday. Now to the NBA. The New York Knicks have won 11 of their last 13 games. And last night at home inside Madison Square Garden, a huge victory for the Knicks. Nearly a 40-point margin, 122-84 for the Knickerbockers against the reigning NBA champions, the New York Knicks. In fact, Donnie went outright as a two-point home underdog. I mean, you could just hear it screaming from the streets of Midtown Manhattan. Bing bong, because you knew this was coming, Ben. We looked at that number yesterday at minus two and a half. I said, no, no, no. Give me the short price on the Knicks at home here. Let's get after it. Never did I think it would be a 122-84 final. Knicks are cooking up there. They're cooking with grease. 222 and a half was the over under and for all 11 wins in the last 13 games for New York the total has stayed under that is Tom Thibodeau basketball Nikola Jokic even had 31 points but in a big time losing effort as the Denver Nuggets only score 84 a route for the Boston Celtics on the road in Miami the Seas win 143-110 against the Heat Miami now has dropped four straight games despite adding Terry Rozier Boston a big victory but Kristaps Porzingis did exit early with an ankle injury yeah we'll see how serious that ankle injury is but yesterday I like the self in this game laying that big number because something just isn't right with the Miami Heat and watching that basketball game yeah the Celtics were a much much better team but I sort of got a little bit of chuckle where the court for the home of the Miami Heat says heat culture out there something's wrong with that culture right now and my goodness did the Celtics lay it on them last night The Miami Heat have not only lost four in a row, make it five straight for the Heat. Mm. The Celtics do cover as an eight-point road favorite in South Florida. A huge night in women's college basketball. Top 10 tilt in the SEC. Number nine, LSU hosting number one, South Carolina in Baton Rouge. The last two national champions in the sport. And South Carolina looks the part of the number one team in the country. Remaining unbeaten, the last undefeated side in women's college hoops, 76-70. The win for Don Staley's Gamecocks in Baton Rouge, although LSU does cover slightly as a a 7.5-point home dog. Good teams win, great teams cover. LSU was in control of that basketball game just about all the way through and almost let it slip at the end. But nine and a half points LSU was getting. Don't feel bad, LSU. Come on now. You covered that spread. It's all right. It's all good. South South Carolina, a perfect 18-0 and a perfect 6-0 in SEC play. A stunner in Corvallis. Jordan Pope, have yourself a night. A 31-point performance where the final three came at the buzzer as the Beavs upset number nine Arizona. Oregon State winning outright as a 17-and-a-half-point home underdog and a huge upset at the Australian Open in the men's semifinal. The 33-match win streak for Novak Djokovic comes to a close. Yannick Sinner pulls off the upset in four sets. Around the association, next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. A seven-game slate around the association on a Thursday night. We recap here on this conference championship football Friday on the early line. But before we set the stage for conference championship Sunday, let's get you caught up on all things NBA. A big game last night out in Miami, a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals. Two teams that have played each other often in that Eastern Conference Finals showdown. But last night, the Boston Celtics, the best team in in the NBA booked as an eight point road favorite reminded Miami they have a length to go this year to catch that top spot in the Eastern Conference 143 110 the victory for the Celtics total goes over 224 in Boston easily covers as an eight point road favorite and by the way who are we going to focus on in this game not Brown, not Tatum, not Porzingis getting injured, not the 33-point win from the Boston Celtics, but most of us were very excited. Like, wow, you stole Terry Rozier here from Charlotte. This is an unbelievable coup here for the Miami Heat. Didn't give up much. He needed that extra scoring punch, and Rozier came off the bench and didn't look all that good. You know what? Let's put Rozier in our starting lineup here. So what does he pay you back with? 29 minutes, 3 of 10 from the floor, which included 1 of 4 from 3-point range, never made it to the free-throw line, and with a team leading, or at least team tied minus 28 as a plus minus in that basketball game now look we're not giving up right bet on the Miami heat on the season it's going to take some growing pains to get through but usually you're supposed to get energized from that trade not get de-energized and also this coincides here this losing streak of hey by the way Spo might be the best basketball coach in the entire NBA right now. Let's make him one of the most lucrative offers in the history of the sport. And they immediately went south. Something's not right in Miami right now, Ben. The Celtics 35-10 and 10 straight up this year. The best record in the NBA. Booked as a favorite 43 times in their 45 regular season games. Now 20-21-2 against the number. 9-11-2 against the spread away from Beantown. Five straight losses for Miami. Six straight games without a single cover. Last night, total went over. It snapped a seven-game under streak for the Miami Heat as well. And to Donnie's point, Terry Rozier has gone under double digits in both of his two games in Miami last night against his former team, the Boston Celtics, where he spent the first four years of his NBA career. We go to Indianapolis, where after a 70-point 18 rebound performance. How would Joel Embiid back it up? Well, he scored 30 plus, in fact, 31 for the 22nd consecutive game. But the Pacers get off the schneid. Speaking of teams that have acquired a star ahead of the deadline, the first win for Pascal Siakam in Indianapolis. They win at home, and Siakam has a triple-double. The Pacers 134-122. The victory over Philly. Indiana winning outright as a five-point home underdog. The Pacers' pace is back last night. There you go, Indiana. 134 on the board and not necessarily even having your entire starting lineup intact here as we wait for Halliburton to come back. We had that nice night for Siakam. 30 minutes, 9 of 13 from the floor, 10 rebounds, along with 10 assists. A tremendous night for Siakam, as this is what you had hoped when you acquired him to come over. Now we just wait to pair him up there with Tyrese Halliburton. From a Sixers perspective, we expected Joel Embiid to have a nice night, right? He wasn't going to get 70 points. Maybe he would get 50 points or press it into the 40s. 
but still dropping 31 in that loss. But as we talked about yesterday, Tyrese Maxey was the focal point for me. Nine of his last 11 games hadn't scored 30 points, and all of a sudden he's showing up at a 29.5 points prop. The only thing that made me a little bit nervous is he was at that 22-point number about midway through the yeah. third quarter. How long is he going to play in that basketball game? He didn't need to play too much longer. Only 29 minutes in that one, scoring 22 points so easily, staying under his 29.5. I was surprised the Philadelphia 76ers lost that basketball game, but not surprised that Maxie didn't get into the 30s for me, Ben. Just one of eight from deep. Again, 22 consecutive games, though, for Joel Embiid scoring at least yeah. 30 Praise. points. Tyrese Halliburton named an all-star starter in the Eastern Conference or for whatever team Giannis and Team LeBron are nowadays. Tyrese Halliburton, though, has only played once since he got injured on Monday, January 8th against the Boston Celtics. And because of that, the pace for the Pacers without their point guard orchestrating the offense has gone down under in seven of eight games entering last night. Total goes well over 239. The Sixers, by the way, highest over percentage in the NBA, 27 of 43 games now for Philadelphia has hit the over. Pascal Siakam, 26 points, 13 boards, 10 dimes, a triple-double. His first win as a Pacer, they had lost the first three games with Siakam in the lineup. So a big win in Indianapolis for Indiana last night. Everybody trying to trend towards the top in the Eastern Conference. The Sixers are there. The Bucks now feeling better. Of course, everybody looking up at the Boston Celtics. What about the middle of the pack? Miami's lost five straight games. Indiana added Siakam to be a true contender come the postseason. The Cavs had won eight straight before running in to uh, a game earlier this week that snapped that streak against Milwaukee just a couple of nights ago. And the New York Knicks, a team to pay attention to. The Knicks have now won 11 of their last 13 games. Every game is featured OG Ananobi, speaking of the Raptors, trading away key pieces. And in all 11 victories for New York, the total has stayed under. Great defense last night against the Denver Nuggets, holding the Nuggets to only 84 points inside Madison Square Garden. The Knicks went outright as a two-point home underdog inside MSG. Yeah, winning by that margin is pretty incredible here. Not specifically just you're playing the Pistons, but let alone you're actually playing one of the best teams in the NBA in the Denver Nuggets. But also, you didn't get one of those, hey, of course they won by that much. Randall dropped 45 points. He only scored 17 points here. Or Jalen Brunson has been absolutely on fire. What as if you would have told me, Ben, before the game? Hey, by the way, Brunson's going to drop 21 and Randall gets 17. This score might have been 122 to 84. The Denver Nuggets here. But great defense once again, which is always been the calling card on Tom Thibodeau teams. You take a look and of course you're going to let superstars have their way Jokic is going to get 31 whether he wants to or not right just look look I'm going to put that up but then you hold Jamal Murray to nine points here Gordon to 12 points that was an unbelievable performance and maybe the Knicks are rounding into form now that's one of those victories that if you're an NBA player that doesn't play for the Nuggets or Knicks you saw that score like whoa something must be up in the garden here I like what the Knicks are doing now Ben Nikola Jokic had 31. Aaron Gordon's second-leading score for Denver. He only had 12. OG Ananobi, team-high 26 points for New York, also had six steals. This is Tom Thibodeau basketball. They have been under in 12 of their last 13, under in all 11 victories, despite scoring 122 last night. The Knicks have not been great when booked as the dog this year. Now just 8-9-2 and two against the spread. But all three of their last games as a dog, they have won outright, and they've won 11 of their last 13. So, again, how does the Eastern Conference look? The Boston Celtics, the favorites, plus 140. Nearly a dollar in front of the Milwaukee Bucks, plus 220. And the Sixers, a 5-1 to one price. Those three teams, 5 bucks or less. Then you get to the Heat. We give them the postseason pedigree that they deserve. And the New York Knicks, fifth best number now, Donnie, at 14-1. to one. Yeah, it looks easy. Just take the Celtics at the plus 140 price. Not a lot of value there, but we do know once we get to the playoffs, extended rest, you're playing once every at least three days at that point. You're never going to be on a back-to-back. -back. It's something that you have to look forward to because... The Milwaukee Bucks are going to be a tough out. The Philadelphia 76ers, if Embiid is healthy, are going to be a tough out. But we are looking at those secondary teams like the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. Now, ooh, can you get that value? Because, Ben, we're not talking about winning an NBA championship. We're just talking about getting to the NBA championship. 12-1 yeah. and 14-1 to to win the conference. Sometimes playing your best basketball at the end of the season is going to help. But... 
you're still going to have to knock off the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers in a seven-game series, something that I'm not sure that those two teams can do. But the price points, they are enticing, Ben. A Northern California rivalry, a playoff rematch, and a wild ending last night in San Francisco. The Sacramento Kings, the Montes Sabonis, had a dunk, the game-winning shot with about 20 ticks remaining. Then Golden State fouled Kevin Herter, who missed both free, both free throws. So Steph had an opportunity, lost the basketball, turned it over. Sacramento survives 134-133, winning by a single point. It is conference championship weekend in the NFL. Next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Conference Championship Football Friday, live right here on the early line on SportsGrid. We are glad to have you to set the stage for Conference Championship Sunday just two days away. The AFC Championship game in Baltimore. The nightcap on Sunday in Santa Clara. The NFC title game between the 49ers and the Detroit Lions. Donnie, there are the narratives entering this Conference Championship slate. There are the numbers that we will break down here. There is so much to discuss and preview with some picks over these next two and a half hours or so live right here on this conference championship football Friday. Only three games left in this 2023 NFL season. The two that we have on Sunday, conference championships on the line and Super Bowl Sunday, two weeks after that in Las Vegas. The NFL's Final Four still in the hunt for that Lombardi Trophy. Two spots in Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas on the line on Sunday. Yes, and why even play the games here, Ben, as we talk about the Detroit-San Francisco game, since apparently it's going to be a blowout across the board. As you alluded to, some changing numbers in there with totals and also sides, but breaking these games down has been a lot of fun. The thing that we do like about these games, Ben, right, just to take that snapshot, What's not to love about Kansas City and Baltimore this weekend? Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes, two MVP quarterbacks going after it. And then you have, I don't even want to call it, it's not fair to say Detroit is the little engine that could, right? That upstart no. program that nobody saw coming. No, we thought they would win the division at the beginning of the year. They did win the division. They did win a playoff game. They were equally deserving to be out in San Francisco. But I just feel right now people are going like, ah, oh, don't team outdoors, blowout. I don't think that's going to be the case, Ben, on Sunday. I don't. Donnie, you have been our weather forecaster here and how it affects our handicapping for NFL games all season long, but certainly with that added emphasis come the postseason, come the month of January. If you are a dome team and you have to go outdoors in late January in a conference championship contest, you would probably pick California and you might pick Northern California on Sunday night where the estimated temps are around 70 degrees with as minimal of wind as you can find. It might be as close to replicating a dome environment as you will find outdoors in the month of January. So let's dive in to the NFC Championship game in Santa Clara. The San Francisco 49ers will host the Detroit Lions. The Niners have been to this spot Many times in the last half decade in the NFL, their fourth NFC title game appearance in the last five years. The Detroit Lions, not this decade, not the past two decades, not the past three decades. 32 years since Detroit has played in an NFC championship game. 
They are back on Sunday night in Santa Clara. Those are the narratives for the organizations. Now to the numbers. Early this week, just a six and a half point spread in favor of the Niners. The over-under was 50 and a hook. We have seen a point of movement in both of those components. Now a full seven and a half point spread in favor of Sam Fran. The over-under also up by a point, Donnie, at 51 and a half. And, and if you look at this game optimistically, right, and you say to yourself, can Detroit hang around? I think they can. But if you're looking realistically here at this game, San Francisco is the better team. It's why they're the number one seed. It's why they're favored by seven and a half points here at the FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no weakness here in the San Francisco 49ers. Let's just say Debo does play. That's an elite pass-catching core, which includes George Kittle at tight end. They have an elite backfield. Why? Because they're the best running back in football in Christian McCaffrey. When the pocket is clean, Robert Curry is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They have an elite defense to go along with it, and they're on their home field, and yes, going against a dome team. So you spell it out and say, well, Donnie, that just, you said it all. San Francisco should win this football game, and technically they should here. But the Detroit Lions do a lot of really good things here that yeah. can stymie the San Francisco 49ers, which means that if I didn't have Kyle Shanahan as my play caller in the NFL, Ben, you know where I'm going? Right over to another Ben in Ben Johnson, maybe the best overall offensive coordinator in football. You have Jared Goff, who has played in the, hey, Jared Goff's never seen this before. He's never got the, no, Jared Goff's played in the Super Bowl. Now, did he play great against the Patriots? No, but he's been on this biggest level. He's won an yeah. NFC championship game already in his career. He's not going to be flustered here. If there's one guy that should be flustered, it should be Brock Purdy going, all right, well, years previous, I didn't make it through the Eagles game. And last week, I didn't play all that well up until that last drive. So I still have a lot right. to prove here. So Detroit's offense should be good enough to keep them in this ball game. And sometimes, Ben, that's all you need. And Jared Goff is a Northern California native. Jared Goff is not going to Chicago on Sunday. He's not playing at Lambeau on Sunday. He's not even in Baltimore on Sunday. He is in Santa Clara by the Bay, where, again, the temperatures are not really going to impact his football game, at least on paper. And to see San Francisco as a touchdown favorite or more is exactly what the Niners have come to expect this year. San Francisco has been booked as a favorite in all 18 of their games now. 9-9 nine nine against the spread. A touchdown favorite or more 11 times. 5-6 and six ATS. They have lost twice outright. Last week against Green Bay in the divisional round, the first time this year for San Francisco, they did not win a game by a touchdown at bare minimum, and they did not score 27 points in a victory. Meanwhile, it's not SOL. It's not the same old Lions. The first two years under Dan Campbell, booked as an underdog, 28 of 34 games possibly out there. Good covering numbers, 19-9 against the spread. This will be just the fourth game for Detroit as the underdog this season. They won outright in the season opener in Kansas City as a dog. Almost won outright week 17 against the Cowboys in Dallas. Did cover that number. 2-1 and one against the spread. One victory outright. Again, the number now going north of a touchdown feels like this game is going to be completely lopsided. I'm not sure that is the case. I expect a more competitive game than the seven and a half point spread might indicate. Now we go to the total 51 and a hook. The Lions are the worst scoring defense remaining of the NFL's final four. In fact, the other three, Baltimore, KC, San Francisco in that order. Three best scoring defenses around the NFL this year. The Lions, Donnie, allow more than 23 points per game. Yes, and that's what it's going to come down to, right? It feels like to me, Ben, right, the front seven for the Detroit Lions is solid here. They'll be able to get some pass pressure on Brock Purdy, but having said that, the secondary has been eaten alive this entire season. And also for most of the season, C.J. G.J., Gardner-Johnson in the backfield there, the safety for the Detroit Lions, He's been a very good player when he's been in there. He's missed just about the entire season with that pec injury, but now back adding a little bit of that advantage. But you saw last week, Baker Mayfield, when he needed to throw the football downfield to Mike Evans, it was there whenever he wanted, which should mean yeah. Brandon Ayuk should feast on that secondary. But having said that last week, we go up against a Packers team, which does have a decent secondary. Brandon Ayuk, what, 30 yards last weekend? And that also included with Debo Samuel going out of the football game, which is the next handicap into this. If you tell me right now, Ben, right, 
The offensive line's solid for San Francisco. We know that. Christian McCaffrey's healthy. He's going to be playing in that football game. We're not worried about his calf injury that he had down the stretch. Brandon Ock is fine, as well as George Kittle at tight end. But if I have a Debo Samuel game, Ben, where I'm not all there, which means I can't do the things that separate our offense from the rest of the NFL, maybe we do get another performance out of Brock Purdy that goes, man, I used to be able to throw a seven-yard slant pass, and Debo used to, you know, get that rack yardage yeah. up 23, 24, 25 yards down the field. If that's not there, then you roll the coverage over to Brandon Ayuk. Then you say, okay, we have athletic linebackers. Let's just try to slow down George Kittle, and maybe Christian McCaffrey doesn't go off for his 88 and a half, 89 and a half yards rushing prop that he's listed at. That's the angle for the game for me. Because, again, this is the hard part of a handicapping. We don't know what we're getting out of Debo. They're not going to tell us, like, hey, you right. know what? Let me sit down with the boys here at the Sports Grid Network. Hey, Debo is about 35% right now. He's going to have a maximum of 10 plays. I would love to hear that. And by the way, he's not going to get yeah. a carry because that's going to get too much, you know, injury there process to his shoulder. But if Debo Samuel is not 100%, that certainly, Ben, is going to affect that San Francisco offense. We just might not know until the first quarter what that game plan is going to be, which good thing for us, FanDuel Sportsbook, you can bet these games live and get that vibe right away. There are no Debo Samuel props listed, not even in any time touchdown yeah. number at this moment. Now to the quarterback comparison. The narratives are certainly going to be at play on Sunday night in Santa Clara. The number one overall pick from 2016, the very last pick from 2022, Brock Purdy faces off against Jared Goff. And because of that Mr. Irrelevant status for Brock Purdy, there has always been the idea, is he really the straw that stirs the drink in San Francisco, or is he the beneficiary of Kyle Shanahan's offensive mind and all the talent around him? Well, that narrative started to tick up just a little bit last week, 23 of 39 for 252, but great on the final drive against Green Bay, 6 of 7 for 47 yards. You see the numbers there for Brock Purdy, 274 and a half. It's because, Donnie, the last five quarterbacks to face Detroit, final three games of the regular season, and both of the games in the playoffs have thrown for at least 345 yards against a Detroit defense that has been getting torched in the back end. Yeah, and, and I agree. And that number should be there. But how I'm approaching this football game is very few teams in the NFL have a guy like Christian McCaffrey in their backfield. You say, well, why is that going to pertain to that pass number if that's really the way you can attack that Detroit secondary? Well, hear me out on this again. If Debo Samuel isn't 100%, it's basically Ayuk and Kittle. Now, combining, will they each go over 100 yards and help that passing game? And also, Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield to try to help out if Debo isn't 100%. And also, Ben, if we're looking at this football game as, yes, you can pass on Detroit, well, then San Francisco's probably going to have that lead with eight minutes to go. And are we putting on an aerial assault still up seven to ten points? Or are we just handing it off to the best running back in football to salt this game away? The 275 and a half, again, makes a lot of sense. And if we get an answer out of the Detroit Lions as if they're game and say, you know, we'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe at San Francisco, yes, we'll throw the 275. But my game plan looking at this game does not come in with Brock Purdy throwing for 300-plus yards. It's actually more on the approach of, I think Christian McCaffrey is the catalyst for that offense. Purdy will have a solid game, Ben, but I can't go over that total. It's too high. We'll continue to look at the individuals on conference championship weekend next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
The NFC Championship game, Sunday night in Santa Clara. Jared Goff makes his return back home to Northern California, where he will play outdoors inside Levi's Stadium. And there is that narrative that we need to match up with the numbers. 255 and a half is the passing yards prop for Jared Goff on Sunday in the NFC title game against the 49ers. San Francisco, a top 10 defense across every major stat category except in one spot. That would be defending the pass. 13th best, still top half of the NFL. They allow about 214 yards per game. Now are the narratives surrounding Jared Goff. What he does in the Dome, in Detroit, what he did when he was in Los Angeles with the Rams versus what he does outdoors. This year, Jared Goff in a Dome, a 70.2% completion percentage, 24 touchdowns, Six interceptions. Jared Goff outdoors. Less than a 64% completion percentage. Only five touchdowns to four INTs. Jared Goff at home, Donnie. 70.1% completion. 19 touchdowns. Six INTs on the road. Less than a 65% completion. 11 touchdowns to six interceptions. Again, the narratives are backed up by the numbers. I'm just not so sure the narratives or the numbers carry over this week because of the elements, if you want to call them that, in Northern California on Sunday night. But most of the time as well, Ben, we do know it's very hard to play football, specifically being a quarterback on the road. The disadvantages are all out there. You're in a different environment. The crowd is screaming at you tooth and nail, really on second and third downs. And in the playoffs, it's really ramped up here. So I think a lot of quarterbacks, if you take those splits, right, home and away, it's like pitchers in baseball. Same exact thing. You're just more comfortable at home. That's just human nature. But having said that, we're bringing up points where, like, a dome team goes outdoors. Of course it's going to be different. Again, number one, you're on the road. But number two is, hey, look, man, if I practice in a dome and I play most of my games here, I know exactly where that football is going. Now, all of a sudden, I got to deal with five to seven to 15-mile-an-hour wins. It does make it a little bit differently. It's very easy to play football and quarterback in a dome because all you have to worry about is your accuracy. If you have your technique down, the ball is going to get there without any layers of, let's just say, rain and or wind. But also, let's take advantage of this, man. We keep bringing this up because this is, you're right, it is, what, going to be January 28th, 29th this weekend. It's supposed to be cold yeah. wherever you play here, unless, again, you're playing in South Beach and or in a dome. You are getting in exact dome-like conditions. Like, well, there's three-mile-an-hour winds. Yeah. Trust me. If you're at home in Detroit at Ford Field, somebody opens the door to come into the game, it's going to let a little bit of wind in there. See what I mean? It's barely <laughs> even going to register here. It is the perfect scenario, Ben, for the Detroit Lions. We're not talking about, well, hey, in a dome, it's like 70 degrees. What's going to be in Santa Clara kickoff? 70 degrees. Well, it doesn't rain in a dome. There's no snow. There's no chance of precipitation right now in the forecast in Santa Clara. Wind's under three miles an hour. That means the flags won't even be blowing at all on the top of the uprights here. This is the perfect storm for the Detroit lines to go outdoors and play in this so if we're looking at those trend conditions yes they make sense but this trend doesn't really translate here it would right. been if we had 42 degree temperatures eight mile an hour winds and a chance of drizzle yeah. but this is a perfect for sure. scenario for jared goff here yeah, absolutely so. And I think that's the important component of this. There are the narratives that Detroit outside of a dome, how are they going to even compete in San Francisco? Detroit's actually better covering spreads on the road this year, 7-2 and two ATS as compared to the Motor City, 6-4 and four against the number. If they lose on Sunday, it may be even Jared Goff has a below average game. It's not because he was outdoors in Santa Clara. It's because the San Francisco 49ers have been booked as the Super Bowl favorites pretty much since the end of October, and that's where they remain entering conference championship weekend, a seven-and-a-half-point spread. I'm pretty sure we have some graphics for all the things we're discussing here, including, Donnie, as you mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, 86-and-a-half, his rushing yards prop, 35-and-a-hook, his receiving yards number in the potential absence of Debo Samuel. That could be an area to look as well.
Yes, by the way, keep that graphic up on the screen because I want to. There's a talking point I want to get to here. Let's go. Christian McCaffrey, 86 and a half. He should get that. Win or lose, he's probably still going to be in that range. I you could 80 and a half, probably leaning a little bit towards the low end of it here, unless Debo Samuel plays. You got Kittle, 61 and a half, makes some sense. St. Brown, 85 and a half, seems a little bit high, but if they're losing Ben in the fourth quarter, he's probably going to get the majority of his targets there. Same thing with Laporte at 48 and a half. Now, the one guy I skipped over right here on that graphic was Jameer Gibbs. If I'm taking a look right now, the FanDuel Sportsbook. 47 and a half is that live number. Let me tell you this right now. You can cut this clip and maybe I'll be wrong on Monday. I don't think so. There is no way the Detroit Lions win this football game if Jameer Gibbs is under 47 and a half rushing yards. That is the key yep. ingredient in that graphic right there. Uh, look, they're all superstars. They're all great players. They could all go over that total. But if you told me McCaffrey, Ben, ran for 78 yards in this game, you'd be like, Okay, yeah, 49 is one. George Kittle, 48 yards receiving. They can overcome that. That's fine. There's no way that Jameer Gibbs can be insignificant in this game where he rushes for like 31 yards and they come away with the victory. He is the linchpin in that offense this week for the Lions. And case in point being, if you just watched last week, Aaron Jones went over 100 yep. yards and kept the Packers in that game, not because he went over 100 yards, Ben, because he was a threat every time he touched the football, and you had to account for that. If Jameer Gibbs can give you similar production, and I don't even mean, Ben, going over 100 yards, put me in the high 60s to give that rushing big play threat in the backfield. That's the key concog here for those Detroit Lions. Jameer Gibbs has to, has to get over that 47 and a half. And we saw the way that Ben Johnson designed the offensive scheme against Tampa Bay to take advantage of that. The Bucs, a top five rushing defense, as are the San Francisco 49ers. Third best in the league, allowing less than 89 yards per game. Who's second best? That would be Detroit. But last week against San Francisco, 108 yards for Aaron Jones. Jameer Gibbs, 74 on the ground against the Buccaneers. 40 receiving yards, 114 scrimmage yards for the rookie in the 12th overall pick out of Alabama, and a touchdown. Plenty more coming from the NFC Championship game throughout this show. Now we turn our attention to the first game up on Conference Championship Sunday. In just over 48 hours, we will kick. 3 p.m. Eastern time is the scheduled start in the Charm City. The Baltimore Ravens back in an AFC championship game for the first time since the 2012 NFL season. It's the first AFC title game appearance for Lamar Jackson. Six years with Patrick Mahomes as the starting QB in Kansas City. Six consecutive AFC championship games for Kansas City. But the big difference is this time the Chiefs are away from Arrowhead and on the road. These numbers have stayed pretty consistent, unlike the NFC Championship game throughout the week. It's been a three-and-a-half-point spread. It's still a three-and-a-half-point spread as we enter Conference Championship weekend. It's been an over-under 44-and-a-half. It remains a total of 44-and-a-hook. And by the way, this, this game is going to be fascinating to watch it play out because, again, starting here with the common elements, two unbelievable quarterbacks. Now, a lot of people will say, like, come on now, it's Kansas City. We just watched this last week, two-and-a-half-point line, three-point line. They go in and win outright in Buffalo. Sign me up for Patrick Mahomes as long as he's healthy and playing. I don't care who is the Kansas City Chiefs are going to bring along with him. I want those points in the process. But also keep in mind here, you take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs as they wound down their season, right? Had to play in the playoffs, which they did, but then had to go on the road last week to take on the Buffalo Bills. Fly back to Kansas City, go right back on the road to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Back-to-back -back road weeks. Yeah. As I take a look at the schedule here for the Baltimore Ravens, you remember when they played at San Francisco on Christmas night. So let's just say they flew yep. back late. They got back December the 26th. Why am I bringing this up? Because this weekend, you're looking at just about five weeks where the Baltimore Ravens haven't left their own building. At home to Miami, at home to Pittsburgh, bye week, at home to Houston. That is a massive rest advantage that they have where they had to go nowhere yeah. over the past month to month and a half. Keep an eye on that situation. But also, the eye on the situation is, you saw in that game, what was it? I guess it was November, late November, excuse me, mid-November, Mark Andrews, superstar tight end for the yep. Baltimore Ravens, goes down with that leg injury. And we've had Doc one many times. I don't know if he's going to be able to come back, but if he does, maybe for the AFC Championship game, maybe for the Super Bowl. But you sort of started to see the Baltimore Ravens like, ah, you know what? That ticket on the Super Bowl going to be so much harder. He's legitimately your best pass-catching threat out there. 
You're telling me he's going to come back in this game being healthy for four to five straight practices, full go, and you're going to have an extra weapon here that you didn't have while you were so dominant already on offense? So many things, including health, Ben, are pointing to the Baltimore Ravens this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs. And let's not mince words. The tight ends on both sides are the top targets for their respective yeah. quarterbacks. Travis Kelsey, his reemergence in the most significant games throughout this postseason, finally found the end zone and did so twice last week. That snapped a seven-game skid of not hitting Pater. And Mark Andrews has props available. He did not last week. Three and a half, his receptions prop. 35 in a hook, his receiving yards prop. We have not seen Lamar's favorite target since November 16th. Short week, Thursday night football game in Cincinnati. Got injured in the opening quarter against the Bengals. On their opening offensive possession, he had two grabs for 23 yards. In the games prior to that, the first nine in which he was fully healthy, Mark Andrews had at least... 35 receiving yards in every game over 35 and a half in eight of the nine if he's playing and he's even 90 percent effective on Sunday I like the over for Mark Andrews the Baltimore Ravens the number one overall seed in the AFC booked as a favorite 15 of 18 games this year 10 and 5 ATS but when they have laid four points or less Donnie the flock is a perfect six and oh against the spread as the short favorite of course Kansas City an underdog once again under Patrick Mahomes 13 times now with Mahomes under center since he became the starter back at the beginning of 2018's NFL season eight and five straight up Kansas City's numbers nine three and one against the spread a road underdog is infrequent for Kansas City but they are the only team in the National Football League over the last six seasons that when booked as an underdog, they have a winning record outright. Let's just go for it. By, by the way, Ben, that's the five, the previous five games here for the Baltimore Ravens, because every one of those games was playoff teams or playoff contending teams. When they took on the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars, who were still in first place in the AFC South, beat them down 23 to seven. Take a look at San Francisco, thought of the best team in the NFL, went to their building on Christmas and absolutely blew the doors off of the 49ers. Then they took on the Miami Dolphins, who at that time, if the Miami Dolphins had won and won their last game, would have been the number one overall seed in the AFC, 56 yep. to 19 in that game. Then you take a look at Pittsburgh, who made the playoffs. They lost 17-10. That game was 10-10 in the fourth quarter here with your backups playing against a team playing for their lives. And then you go ahead against Houston, one of the quote-unquote hottest teams on offense in the NFL with C.J. Stroud surging, and you beat them down 34-10 and didn't even give up an offensive touchdown. This is the best team right now in the NFL. It is mm -hmm. the Baltimore Ravens. They're rested, they're ready, they're at home, and they're healthy. They should handle their business this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs. And Donnie, as you mentioned, in those significant games, that was the most difficult schedule for Baltimore in all of the NFL down the stretch. Yep. Four of those five games you alluded to, the Ravens were that four-point favorite or less. Not only did they win all of those games with Lamar Jackson as the starter, they covered in all four of those games as well. Nothing new, though, for Patrick Mahomes. Into an AFC championship game for the sixth consecutive season in the previous five. He has thrown for at least 275 yards, 14 touchdowns to only two INTs. Plenty more for conference championship weekend on this football Friday on the early line next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. 
Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Quick little segment here before we hit the top of the hour and hour number two. It is championship weekend right here on the Sports Grid Network. And as we covered so far in hour number one, lining up a certainly exciting weekend overall. But maybe none more exciting than what we're going to get here in the Australian Open. And you might say, why is that? Well, take a look at this. Daniel Medvedev versus Yannick Singer is going to be the final for the men's here on that spot. Now, do we have a time? Is it up here? on the, No, I don't see over the graphic here. But Sinner versus Medvedev, and also Sabalenka versus Zhang on the women's side here, Ben. And I see in the background pounding away, trying to get all the information you need. But I don't think we need any more information on who's actually playing in this tennis tournament this weekend. Let's go. There you go. I covered it all. Congratulations. Donnie, I can't see you with some technical hiccups here in studio, so I have yeah. no idea what you have mentioned so far. But, yes, the Open Finals are set at the Australian Open, the first Grand Slam in 2024. Who do you like, Arena Sabalenka, looking for this title at the Aussie Open, or Quinwin Jang? I'm going to go, uh, listen, minus 650 is too much here. Come on, man. Yeah. We're going to go those alt okay. numbers here, plus 470 in the upset. Zhang is going to carry the championship this weekend. Well, you're going to take Quinn Win Jang in her first ever Grand Slam yeah. final against the defending champ, Arena Sabalenka. Yannick Sinner, Correct. by the way, who upset yeah. Novak Djokovic earlier this morning in Melbourne, will take on Daniil Medvedev. And Sinner's the favorite, minus 235. Born Sinner. The opposite yeah. of a winner? Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner? Biggie Smalls, baby! Oh. Biggie Smalls in the house here. So at least we're able to work that in here. But yes, I do think Sinner's going to take down Medvedev. And away we go, baby. Championships all over the place this weekend, Ben. 22-year-old Yannick Sinner in his first ever Grand Slam final. Medvedev playing in his third Aussie Open final. A Grand Slam champion a few years ago. Joe Frizo, was it at the U.S. Open? In Queens in 2022? I think so. 2021. Hey, all good. Hour two, less than a minute away here on the early line. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. (laughs) 